Hello and welcome to a very sad occasion on all accounts. It is the last episode of the Radio Debrief Scottish Election Podcast. I'm Alistair Russell and I'm joined by Stephen Brown, back where it started, just the two of us. Exactly. We have had the results of the Scottish election 2021 and this podcast is dedicated to wrap up and tell you what this means. Exactly. We have had, this is our eighth episode now stretching back a month and a half. We've covered the whole of the campaign for you, all of the debate nights, all of the manifestos. We've done two days of live broadcasting for the results as they came in, so it only felt right to torture ourselves one last time with a podcast telling you what the results actually were. Yes, and they were... um, What what were the results like, Alistair? To to sort of sum up quickly for you, what do the results actually mean? Well, the SNP did rather well. As was expected, but there was the interesting thing of they got the most seats anyone has ever got in the constituencies seats. They got the most votes for a party that any single party has ever got in both of those in Holyrood history. And there was a record turnout as well, but that's still no mean feat to achieve that in a Holyrood election. Yeah, it is very, very hard to get as many seats as the SNP did on the weekend. But now we shall probably go into the results now to wrap things up quickly. The SNP won 64 seats. 62 of them were constituencies, with two of them being on the list. One list seat was in the Highlands and Islands, and the other list seat was in the south of Scotland. This is one more seat from... The 2016 Scottish election. And of course the Conservatives led by Douglas Ross. They did not lose, they did not win, they just kept the same 31 seats that they did beforehand. Looking over to Labour on the other hand, that was led by Anna Sarwar, they lost two. I think for me and Alistair, that was probably the biggest shot of the election night. That this is, they may have lost too, but they, this is also their worst result in a Scottish election ever. Mm, that did come as a bit of a surprise to us when we started seeing those results mm-hmm. coming in. But the thing is, I think we concluded that it was actually down to tactical voting, mm-hmm. as there was a lot of tactical voting. I think it was, there was a piece earlier this week, I think the author was Leslie Riddick, who said that. In 2011, nobody saw an SNP majority coming. This time, they did, and they had the chance to put in and try and encourage tactical voting, which seems to have actually worked. Yeah, we'll definitely get on to tactical voting and sort of all, all of that later on. Let's go back to the results of the other two parties. Uh, of course, Lorna Slater and Patrick Harvey's co-led Green Party got eight seats, which is their best result that the Green Party has ever had in Scotland. The big names of the Green Party that returned were, were of course, were of course Ross Greer, Patrick Harvey, Alison Johnson, and for the first time, 
Lorna Slater, which is very good for the Scottish screens. And then, of course, Willie Rennie's led Liberal Democrats, who had five seats, but now have lost one, which is quite catastrophic for the Liberal Democrats, because that means that they are not officially a political party sitting in Scottish Holyrood anymore. A moment of silence for the, the death of the Liberal Democrats in Scotland. Oh, I'm just going to say, the Liberal Democrats, there was a rather interesting result which struck me, is their majorities in what are their strongholds of Orkney and Shetland were almost completely wiped out. There was only a few hundred votes in it. That was uh, that was one thing. The short Shetland and Orkney results came in probably the earliest on the Friday that we did our live coverage. And in the Shetland, which has always been Liberal Democrats, their big majority was cut to, I think it was around about only 700 votes, which is catastrophic. But... You know, looking and, at Orkney as well, it was also cut. But comparing this to Alex Cole Hamilton in Edinburgh Western, he did very, very well. Mm. That was, yeah, that was an interesting result. They did manage to hold on, but then again, I can guess whether that's whether you're a good constituency MSP or not. But of course, the Orkney result was uh, almost catastrophic. In another sense, as the counting hall was invaded by a cat. <laughs> and are we back to. Uh, are we we are. To... I was going to say, you may remember if you were listening to our live coverage on Radio Energy across the two days, we had a poll of which party would cats vote for. So, what was the result and the outcome of that one, Stephen? It was. I'm bringing that up right now. I'll have to just scroll through Twitter quickly. I believe. It was 39 votes. That's just a little bit of speculation going down now, 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 now. Who would cats vote for? I was correct. It was 39 votes. Who would cats vote for? The Green Party are victorious, with 32% of the votes going towards them, followed closely by the Conservatives with 26%, and SNP and Labour are neck and neck on 21%. That's an interesting result, that one. Uh, did you suppose you say the Tories were, the SNP and Labour were on... Um, uh, the Conservatives were on 26%, the SNP and Labour were neck and neck on 21%. Oh, so that one was very close. Now, do we have the capabilities to be able to put that through the additional member system and see how many seats each, par- <laughs> each party would have got the cats voted? Uh, well, I mean, looking at the additional member system, they probably would be around about the same for constituencies and also the list if the cats were actually voting. Which, thankfully, the cats are not voting, because uh, not necessarily anything to do with their political views, but if the cats were in charge of this country, it would be anarchy. So what is the, what is the result of the, of the actual proper election? Not the uh, the cats poll mean for Scotland. Well, the SNP, throughout the majority of her campaign, campaigned for another Scottish independence referendum. And they, of course, were trying very hard to get an overall majority just from one party, in which 
pulled by Sir John Curtis very a few days before they fell short by one seat although they did fall short by only one seat they still did very very well they took two strongholds one from Labour they took East Lothian with a tight battle between Paul McLennan of the SNP and Martin Whitfield of Labour and they also took the seat of air that Jonathan Scott from the Conservatives has had it since 2000 and Shabon Brown took it uh, just over the weekend so those were the big two shockers constituencies and also you had Angus Robertson taking Edinburgh Central which is of course Ruth Davidson's seat which she is heading to the House of Lords so that's the SNP Alistair what do you think of that? I think it was certainly an interesting result I think it means we've already heard that uh, Nicola Sturgeon has apparently already told Boris Johnson that she will be requesting another independence referendum. Mm -hmm. But I think it is particularly interesting the fact that the SNP have managed to come this close to a majority after 14 years in government. It's just almost unbelievable. Normally by this time the electorate would be ready for a change. However, at least on constituency level, the change that the electorate wants, clearly, is the opportunity to break away from Westminster and have another referendum on Scottish independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's putting extrapolating and making too big a jump from that. Of given course. that the SNP got sixty four seats on the or sixty two constituency seats, rather. Of course, this is what their interpretation of results means. But of course interpretation is an art and of course there's different perspectives to what these results actually mean. Now, the SNP and the Greens are very clear on what this means to them. This means to them that they have a mandate to have another independence referendum after, of course, the recovery from the coronavirus has concluded. Now, this isn't the opinion of the Conservatives. On Sunday, Michael Gove, who's in the cabinet, congratulated Nicola Sturgeon for winning the election again, but argued with Andrew Marr on his show, the Andrew Marr show, of course, that they didn't have a mandate, but the big sort of shocker of that interview was that they would not fight this in court, in which was mentioned a lot before the election. And that's sort of a big argument right now. Now, Douglas Ross is obviously the leader of the Conservatives and he has fought against, during his campaign, against Scottish independence and wants the United Kingdom to stay away. But due to the results that the SNP have got with the Greens, it has given them... Oh, let me see how many seats. It's given them 72 seats combined for an independence majority in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that is worth definitely saying. Whilst there, whilst there is no SNP majority uh, in Hollywood at the moment, there is, however, a 
donking majority for pro-independence parties. Now, this is a pro-independence majority. The argument, of course, that many Conservatives are saying right now, well, back in 2016, Alex Salmond had a majority just from the SNP, and that was less seats with less votes. Mm, but that was... if you look now, with the SNP and Green combined, they have more votes, they have more MSPs. So it's, it's a lot of looking at the statistics and looking at the overall results that we will be able to conclude what will happen in the future. And Nicola Sturgeon, like you said, had a call with Boris Johnson. She said it's not if there's going to be a referendum, it is when there's going to be another Scottish independence referendum. Yes, indeed. And I think, purely from a selfish point of view, I wouldn't mind it coming, say, this September or January, so that maybe we can be involved with debrief one more time and do coverage <laughs> again. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. Uh, we've done two election coverages now, haven't we, Alistair? We have done. We did the US election in November, and we did this one, and I think we learned a lot from the US election, and we really put it into action this time round, and we had a two days, and it was a much smaller team, but I would say, by God, it was much more effective. It was a lot of fun doing this one uh, and bringing that out. We had a decent, solid level of listeners, and it was just, it was good. It was a good, fun weekend and a good way to spend the election results coming in. And I got a decent-sized burrito out of it. <sighs> you and Bonnie Burrito, honestly. They should sponsor me. Probably should. <laughs> now on to um, what these results mean. What do they mean, Alistair? Well, I think they mean on purely on factual levels. They mean the SNP are the largest party. They means that it means there is now a majority of pro-independence MSPs inside Hollywood. It means the SNP are going to be in government. It remains to be seen whether that will be as a minority or whether there will be a fully-fledged coalition with the Greens. Uh, and I would suspect that it means there's going to be another independence referendum. Yes. I know that's a crazy prediction, but I think there might be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far off. Um, obviously, there's been lots of talk throughout the sort of campaign that there would be one after the coronavirus concluded. But, obviously, this SNP and the Greens have a lot to discuss if they are to form this coalition or not. Obviously, the Greens have gained seats. Now, last election, we sort of saw a supply and demand sort of um, agreement between them. But now, could we see like a fully-fledged coalition that we saw between the Conservatives and Liberal Democrats back in 2010? It's quite a big question to ask. What will the Greens be asking to form this coalition and one of the things will be a an independence referendum in which they in the past have campaigned for and b they will also most likely be putting the environment on the table and trying to stop any more oil and gas production in the northeast mm, yes indeed they will the environment was one of the 
one of the key issues I think that was raised over the course of this election for probably possibly the first time has it seen that much of a been been that much of a key issue at the front of an election in the UK I would say and so that is very nearly all from us we have over the last month and a half we've brought you a weekly podcast and 16 hours worth of live broadcasting and it has been enormous fun it really has I definitely think I've improved my broadcast journalism and my speech. I think Alistair has said many times to me. But just to say a big thank you to all our listeners. We had 358 streams on this podcast series. And it's been phenomenal amount of support we've had for it. We've had... Hugh Sloan, Isla Watley, Aaron Proctor. Waitley, she'll tell you. Waitley. <laughs> and Aaron Proctor. Thomas McCann, of course. Fred- Frederick. Frederick Brown. Uh, I'm looking through my list and seeing who else That's we've had it. on. That's, That's all we've had on the podcast. And of course, a massive thank you to the people who helped us out and were with us during our live coverage on Friday and Saturday. And that is Isla. Niall Fancy was there. He was fantastic. Fred Brown, Chloe Duffy as well. Thank you very much to you. Um, the studio team that we had in the studio with us. Jack Donnelly, uh, Sean Jack McGill. Donnelly, Sean McGill and Thomas McCann. That, the studio over the course of the weekend was just such a fun place to be. Yeah. It was good fun. And so that is all from us in the last one. We have had enormous fun bringing you coverage of the 2021 Holyrood elections. And so all that remains is for us to say goodbye, farewell and amen. Goodbye everyone, it's been fantastic.